0: Just hearing about Christ, just in the, even what we're doing is—it's like um, we're we're just shifting the lens just a tad to help people see it in a new way, and that's very refreshing. I think Christ has a lot to offer, and only hearing one version—you know—not everybody likes Italian food, so you give them a buffet of Christ, different diversity. And let them eat because at the end of the day, food is supposed to what? Nourish you. That's all. And Christ, in any way that he can. And the fruit, Christ nourishes us. And Jesus said, you could tell a tree by its fruit. Do you see goodness? Do you see kindness and gentleness? That's how you know if Jesus is living in somebody. And if you want to see if Christ, even if that person is saying, Christ, Christ, Jesus, taste their fruit, and that will tell you if they really are teaching about Christ. So I'm back from vacation. I ate more than usual. I had to write this sermon feeling very heavy, heavy very full. I had lots of hot dogs, hamburgers, funnel cakes on the boardwalk. Wasn't that your favorite spot, Molly? Molly fleeced me for like hundreds of dollars on the boardwalk. But she did get those three little, what are they called? Smushmallows? Yeah. <laughs> but I had my fill of ribs, macaroni, and potato salad. This is heavy food that you eat when all you do is eat at the boardwalk and barbecue every day right on the water if you go on my... Facebook or Instagram, you'll see beautiful pictures. Thank you, Mom, uh, for getting us a nice Jersey Shore house. I heard it was hard this year to get, so I'm happy, lucky. And all that food, all that barbecuing tastes good, but when you eat like that for a week straight, it weighs you down. But now I'm back home, getting back into the routine. I actually don't eat a lot, if you know me, um, I usually skip breakfast, have a light lunch, uh, and then I go all out at dinner, though. I eat so much at dinner. And that's how I maintain what we call today the dad bod, right? And that's my goal. I'm not trying to be a model here. I just want to be able to run and play with my kids, play sports, coach teams, and that's my bar for physical health. Today we won't be talking about earthly food, we're going to talk about spiritual food because we're in church, as it concerns the spiritual body we all have within us. Everyone should be concerned with their spiritual bodies. If I'm concerned about my dad bod, I don't know, is there mom bod, is that like a thing? But if we're concerned about those things, we should be concerned about our God bods. Yes, that's a bad joke, and I'm a dad. I can't help myself. (laughs) God bond, right? As Christians, we believe in resurrection. We believe in eternal life. That is the gift that Jesus Christ offers us, and he teaches us many times that we must not live for the flesh alone. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, flesh and blood, this is not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. It is the spirit within us that will one day be born again, and when we receive the gift of eternal life. And that is a gift that we have to take care of, just as physical life is a gift that we have to, be ta- that we have to take care of, so is the gift of the spiritual life. Today we're, we will be talking about how to take care of it, and how to feed and nurture the spiritual life within us. <coughs> Excuse me. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus quotes Moses saying, It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of God's word from his mouth. Last week we talked about being born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, Hey, if you really want to live forever, you're going to have to be born all over again. Because we know that this body is temporary and slowly fading away sad, but there's good news. And this is sometimes where we fall short in living out that Christian promise. We accept Jesus as the Messiah. We believe in him. We check it off on the box. I'm a Christian. But Jesus calls us to the next stage, which is growing up in our faith. This is how many early Christian schools of thought saw the Gospels. This is how they interpreted Jesus' teaching. They heard a story about a Christ who came into a world that was spiritually stuck, spiritually unwell. And Jesus said, I've come for the sick. But this is a spiritual type of sickness that he's talking about, not a physical sickness. There's doctors for those kinds of sicknesses. This is a sickness that all human beings share because many of us are not taught. We teach everything in school, but many of us are not taught to take care of the spiritual life within us. Today is the key to that healing. It's just a good, nutritious diet of the Word and nurture from the Spirit. Jesus came to plant the seed, right? It says, I come to bring a mustard. I planted a mustard seed. He came to plant a seed in us. And the seed is eternal life. But it's now up to us to feed and take care of that seed that God has placed inside of us. Paul writes, God will make it grow as long as it gets planted, as long as it gets watered. That's all that's needed. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, he said, you've had a taste of God. When, when people met Je- meet Jesus, you've had a taste of God. But he says, now like infants at the breast, drink deep of God's pure kindness. Then you'll grow up mature and whole in God. This is the kind of Christianity that we need today. One that calls us to live not just as Christians by name, but as Christ lived himself. And so how do we do this? How do we eat the bread of life that Christ told us to eat in John chapter 6 when he said, I am the living bread. I came out of heaven. If anyone eats this bread, Jesus is saying, whoever eats of me will live forever. And the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Obviously, Jesus is not asking us to eat his physical flesh and drink his real blood. He's teaching metaphorically. And here at Evensong, I always say, that's how Jesus taught, metaphorically, in parables and riddles. So when we solve the riddle, we find out exactly what Jesus was saying. In the Gospel of Philip, Philip was one of the apostles. It's a text that will help us understand what this passage means. What's cool about coming to this service is you probably have never heard this passage before, but it's written at least in the third century. That's the earliest version we have. It says this, What is the flesh? His flesh is the word, the Lagos. His blood is the breath. And in Greek it says pneuma. His blood is the spirit. Whoever welcomes the word and the breath has truly received a food, a drink, and a garment. Philip tells us what the traditional scriptures already teach. John 1 says that Jesus was the word, right? And that Jesus' his blood is the spirit that flows into our spiritual body. This is the body that is in us, the seed. Right? When we read about Jesus watering a seed, which he talks about many times, do you go get a pot and pour it over your head? He's clearly saying something metaphoric. Have you ever thought, where is this seed he's talking about? This body, Jesus is saying, has a seed in it that you don't even know about until you start watering it. And once you do, it starts being formed. It starts growing. As we await the day... When our physical bodies, there's a clock on this body. It's ticking. And God, see, we don't see the full picture. God planted a seed inside this temporary body of ours. And Jesus came to teach us how to grow it. Jesus represents the word. His blood represents the spirit. When we eat of Jesus' word, when we drink of his spirit, that's I'm reflecting on the passage I just read, we are then feeding and nourishing that spiritual inner child within us. So now let's listen to the passages we typically read in Scripture. I just read them before. You've had a taste of God. Now, like infants at the breast, drink deep of God's pure kindness. You know, once a baby's born, do we say, Oh, it's born, look, it's alive. What does it have to do next? Eat. Can you force it to eat? No. All you can do is provide the food. You hope it eats. Because if it eats, what happens? It will live and grow. See, life is just a mystery revealing to us what's going to really happen. That's the beauty of life. Otherwise, it's fading away. So even life itself says, what are you really saying? What's life really saying? And Jesus comes to give us hope. And Peter writes, if you drink of the the spiritual food, you'll grow up mature and whole in God. So you're born again, and then what what do you have to do next? Last week we talked about being born again. Then you have to eat (laughs) so that you... Grow and mature. And now we get all the references to Jesus saying, I'm the bread, I'm the drink. You have to eat of me. He's clearly not. Remember, Nicodemus kept saying, How am I? So, how do we get born again? And then they said, The, the Pharisees said, You want us to eat your body? He said, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? He said, You're the teachers? I mean, we're in trouble if you guys are the teachers. And that's the sickness that Jesus came to fix about the world. Religion itself is not the answer. It just leads us to answers. It's the place you should come and ask questions. What, what am I doing on this, on this world? What, what, how should I live? But eventually, you need to grow up and be mature yourself. Right? If you go to school for how many? Once you're in past 12th grade, it's time to move on. <laughs> right? That's what life, this life is. So this is the nature of these extra-biblical books that we're looking at. Like the Gospel of Philip. There were lots of different types of Christians, and they all weren't, most of them were not from Israel. So they were wrestling to understand this Jewish Jesus. What is he talking about? They wanted to understand him, but they didn't have Jesus around anymore. In fact, there were more and more people claiming that they knew. And so, very wise people. Not everybody back then could read and write. The people who, this is a Valentinian text, Valentinus went to the school of Alexandria. Do you know that's the Harvard, Princeton, and Oxford of his day. If you want to know history, good history, make sure your teacher went to school. Otherwise, you know you're your family sometimes likes to give different histories. you got to know the academic history so that you can put it all together and then discern for yourself. But oftentimes, who writes history? The winners. Today, we discovered the books of the losers. And just because they lost doesn't mean that what they found wasn't true. So Jesus hid... The truth in parables and riddles. Why? So they would last forever. <laughs> a riddle lasts for a very, very long time. We're still talking about them today. And most of the Gospels are what? Parables. <laughs> Every time we eat physical food, right? So Jesus is saying, eat this food, eat my truth, right? eat the pages, eat the words. Eat my truth, he says. Think about it. Every time we eat physical food, what does it do to us? It nourishes and sustains us. If you don't eat, you'll have problems. If you don't drink, you'll have problems. When you eat, the food does what? It goes into your body. It breaks down and is converted into what? You. Do you see any hot dogs on me? I ate like 20 last week. Where did they go? They're right here. (laughs) We were eating ribs, and I said, how did I eat more ribs than the ribs in my body? (laughs) How does it fit? See, I ate all those summer foods, but now they're part of me. In fact, you see it all. They've just been converted into my physical body. I'm just an accumulation Of all the food I eat, (laughs) all the things I drink. But here's the mystery behind that. Just as the physical body needs food and drink, there's a spiritual body that needs food and drink. This is the food and drink Jesus was talking about. That's what he's teaching here. That the food from heaven is Christ's teaching. You and I have to eat it. In Galatians, we're told about this food, the fruits of the kingdom that we have to eat in order to grow and become spiritual beings. When we eat what Paul describes as the fruit of the Spirit, that is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Then we are living by the Spirit. We're drinking of her milk. We're eating from the tree of life. But these are not easy things to do, right? Does everybody eat healthy? I think we have everybody, we, we all have a little bit of an eating issue in our country. It's hard for me too. I could go to Whole Foods, it's right across the street. I could eat healthy every meal if I wanted to. But what happens is, a friend of mine, Mariana, <laughs> she, she knows my I eat McChickens, right? They're a dollar. How do you beat that? 400 calories. And she brought me some healthy food one day. That's my light lunch is a McChicken. <laughs> but often I just opt for the most easy thing. I go get a McChicken. I do have a cup of fries. And I always have a Coke. But if you, whether you eat healthy or not in this life, and we should, you don't take this body with you when you move on. So it's even more important to eat healthy spiritually. That's the life that you can have forever. But again, it's not easy to always eat good foods. You and I must eat the truth of Christ It doesn't come from a book. These are just the recipes. Everybody can eat of Christ. I know good people, holy people, holier than many Christians I know, that I would never dare question because I judge a tree by its fruit. Everybody can eat of Christ's goodness and grow healthy spiritually. But if you lose your way, that's what churches are for. That's what these books are for. Oh, that's how I I do it. So the last sentence I chose in the Gospel of Philip to help illuminate how we live healthy lives and what this looks like is this. It says this, and I read it before. Whoever welcomes the word and the breath has truly received a food, a drink, and a garment. So there's food, drink, and what? A garment, You see, when we choose to nourish our inner beings with the fruit of the Spirit, with the Word of Christ, our spiritual bodies, just like our physical bodies, take in what we eat, it breaks it down, converts it to create a new body that we will inherit. In fact, if you start eating this spiritual food now, in many ways... That body will start popping up in this body. Can't wait to get out. I was reading, oh no, I was, yeah, I was reading one of these passages. Somebody asked me to explain, asked me a great question online, and I started explaining it. And my little baby was kicked. She said, He's kicking so much. He he wants to come to church. He wants to come to you and But if you start eating the spiritual food now, you're gonna feel life in you spiritual life. It's like a newborn baby, Scripture says. Christ and the Spirit are teaching us that the new creation that will, when you eat the food of Christ, that it will create a new baby. But it will not be made up of matter of this. This perishes it will be made up of this, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Eugene Peterson translates this in the message version of his Bible into what it actually looks like. Tell me if you don't want to go to a kingdom filled with people just like this. His translation of Galatians 5, 22 through 23 is, you will become a creature who has affection for others. That is love. That's his translation for love. You'll have an exuberance about life. That is joy. You'll have serenity. That is peace. When we eat Christ's words, just like physical food's, start to shape this body, those spiritual foods will start to shape a new body in you. And I'm describing it for you. A mystery that you you and I cannot wait. We cannot even fathom what Christ is preparing for us. We only get glimpses through these parables and riddles. Continuing in that same passage, when we eat Christ's words and fill up on the fruit of the Spirit will develop a willingness to stick with things. That's called forbearance. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. A sense of compassion in the heart. This is kindness. And a conviction that a basic holiness, this is what I was saying before, a conviction that a basic holiness permeates all things and all people. This is called goodness. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. This is faithfulness. Not needing to force our way in life. This is gentleness. And we're able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. This is self-control. When we trust in the teachings of Jesus Christ, when we are guided by the Holy Spirit, that union of Christ and the Spirit gives birth to the spiritual seed within each of us. And it's promised to grow. It's been designed to grow. But Christ taught in many parables that God throws seeds liberally. (laughs) In the parable of the sower, if you read it in the real Hebrew, that nuance, the people would have been disturbed (laughs) at how they were hearing it. As if, who is this planter? He's throwing seed everywhere. That's why it landed in, in places it didn't grow. That's how liberal God is with the truth. He just throws it everywhere. The key is not where, there's truth all in lots of things. The key is if we, how we water it, how we plant it. Does it take root? Is it going to continue? Is it going to mature? In order for it to take root within us, we must do our part to feed it daily. We must nourish it in truth. We must water it with the Spirit. And little by little, a shoot will sprout up within you. And over time, you will be turned, transformed, transfigured into a spiritual being. And when you shed this body of flesh, like a seed breaks its shell and leaves that shell behind, you will be born all over again. And the garment you will inherit will not be made of flesh. It will be made up of those things above. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God will take your soul, everything you are, and wrap it up in a body that will never again taste death a body that you yourself grew inside of your own body. Here's what the Apostle Peter wrote. By his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. That if there is a Whole Foods across the street, Christ has prepared for us a Holy Foods. I'm filled with dad jokes. There's a Holy Foods here on earth, through the church and in these sacred teachings. May we shop there this week at Holy Foods. Listen to this message if you forget. It's easy to forget. I listen to my messages more than anybody else because I want to lead by example and live this out. May we who call ourselves Christians lead by example and start eating the bread of Christ and drinking in what the Spirit flows down from heaven and into us. Amen.